Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Ain't no rules. There is no plan. No safety net. Yeah, baby. <laughs> the Three Nose Podcast. Oh, Peter Patter, let's get at her. Hi, Hi. welcome to the Three Nose Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Jason. How's it going, buddy? Uh, fantastic. Cheers. Okay. You're talking really fast while you're holding an energy drink. Isn't it that? How many of you of those have you had today? This is the first one today. All right. Yeah. Well, so this is yeah. This is my my one of my go to energy drinks. I like these ones a lot. I don't. I don't drink those. Uh, this is uh, the Rain Energy Orange Dreamsicle. My daughter had a severe problem with amped. Oh. For, for yeah. I, I think she's kicked it. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it, like she had a problem. Yeah, I had. Um, was it? <coughs> I I picked up a, a G Fuel the other day or a couple weeks ago. Is that the Gatorade one? No, I don't know if it's uh, it's like gamer fuel okay. kind of thing. Three hundred milligrams of caffeine in a single can. What's in that? One hundred and eighty. Okay, so just shy of double of what one can of this has. Yeah, I I don't I don't drink them. I'll on the very rare occasion I'll have a five hour energy because that seems to like clear head fog. I find. Yeah, but you know I won't touch those things. I don't know how they'll affect me. Back in the day, you remember Jolt Cola? Yep. Okay. I'm sure it's not the same type of thing, but nah. high well, high caffeine, right? Yeah, high caffeine. This these are sugar free. Okay. So it's just like you're just getting like a shit ton of B vitamins and yeah. You're getting three hundred percent of your daily intake of uh B twelve. Uh, 110, 170% of your daily intake of vitamin B six. So you're getting a shit ton of uh, <laughs> caffeine and your B vitamins as right. well. So well, it's healthy. It's healthy. <laughs> no, not really. But <laughs> you know, one of the guys at work, um, he goes, "Hey, you like energy drinks?" I'm like, yeah. Okay, I'll get here. Try one of these. I can't remember the name of it, but you I always saw remember it. your first time, right? Oh, I, no, well, it was because of a, <laughs> uh, a negative experience with this one. I can't remember, but I did see it again in the store and said, I think I had it here during a gaming night and I took a, took a drink and my hair started to tingle instantly. Like, <laughs> holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> like this now I've had some ridiculous drinks in my life, but that was like way over the top of just about anything that I've ever had. Now that was, that, that wasn't the, uh. Coffee, Coke, what? No, that was okay. just straight up terrible. Okay. okay. Uh, this this was like, um, oh. I feel like uh, you've had that experience, like that kind of thing a couple times at the table. So. Yeah. I think this one was like, uh, a, like a Warheads flavored. Oh. Ew. Yeah. So on top so Trying of, to go for a candy, a right. candy nature. Right. But. So on top of the massive amounts of, of. Uh, caffeine and b vitamins and niacin that gives you that tingling sensation you got this that one was full of sugar as well yeah. and flavored like it's probably citric acid yeah uh, the, war, the sour like war, yeah. super sour warhead yeah things and it was just like that's why you need the sugar it's got to carry that it was just like i can't drink this. i think i got like a third of it in so i, I cannot <laughs> do this i'm going to have a heart attack right at this table because of a fucking energy drink and i was like no no i just can't do that 
So you went to a party last night. Yeah. How'd that go? The annual uh, uh, Tex Avi Christmas party. Yeah, I noticed we weren't invited. Well, no, it's an elite club. You have to work at Tex Avi. Bullshit. You brought your daughter. No, my my son-in-law works there. So? So, plus ones. <laughs> but it's a huge shindig, like 400 people, I think we had. Um well catered, like good food, roast beast, and yep. all the trimmings, you know, nice. good shit. Toonie bar, that's always dangerous. Yeah, and it was actually stocked this year. Hey. Like, like they didn't run out of the limited supply, limited limited list that they had. Yeah, yeah. They didn't run out early this time. They learned the lesson. They did, I think, the last time, which was before COVID. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, but those selections were kind of yuck. Well, would they have? Uh, they had, yeah, like. They had uh, Crown, so I had a couple of those. Yeah, uh, Crown and Coke. But they didn't have Jack. No, no. Um, they had rum, rye. Yeah. Know, base, so basics, well, okay. Vodka. The Crown would be considered the top shelf whiskey. Um, all those other shit that would be like your bottom shelf. Yeah, but stuff. In my my experiences with whiskey guru, yeah, uh, I'm getting to know the flavors. Yeah, and I don't mind Crown, but I've just I've really grown. For the taste of Jack. Yeah. So. Jack has a reputation, though. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, Jack. Yeah. Jones. Yeah. The, the whole belligerent thing. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. So, so they're going to go like you know, the, you know, the your your bosses are drinking Crown. Yeah. So that's <laughs> yeah. why that ended up at the bar. So um, and then they just they had like one white wine, one red wine. And that's what Crystal was drinking. So cool. But, and but she didn't go too crazy. Not a you girl. Kept herself paced herself. But yep, and it was just us hanging with Sky and Trevor because didn't know a whole lot of other people. I don't interact with people anymore, and the people that I used to interact with, most of them are gone. Yeah. Uh, so, but there was a photo. There was a photo of a third couple. There were the other people at the table. Yeah. Um. He. Who the hell were they? Um. <laughs> I don't actually know his name. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't remember his name. I, it's not somebody I deal with. Yeah. It's not somebody that I know. So, And his wife doesn't get out of the house much. They have two small children. She's yeah. a stay-at-home mom. She was the blonde yes. one, right? Yeah. Yes. So she don't get out much. Well, be, just by, by sheer proximity of being at the same table, Crystal's hooting and hollering because the, the new band, local band, Big Shiny Tunes, Okay. okay, I got their CDs. Uh, well, that's the uh, Much Music brand, right? Yeah. But this is a, a cover band, a 90s cover band. Okay. Um, do you remember the local band Toast and Jam? Yes. One of them decided to call it quits. Okay. And the other one is continuing now with some other guys, and they have big, shiny tunes, yeah. a 90s cover band. They're fucking awesome. Oh, yeah? They're, they were playing all the jams. Like, everybody was singing along with all the big ones. Chair dancing. Chair, a lot of chair dancing from our table, at least, because my knee, my, my leg's been acting up again. But I got up and slow danced a few times with her. In fact, yeah. we started the trend oh. when they did. On, and I actually don't like the song Yellow by Coldplay. <gasps> oh, you're killing me, Small. I don't really like that song. I never have. But Ugh. their rendition of it, which brought just a little more balls to it, yeah. I dug it. It's not it, supposed to have balls. It's a love song. Uh, it fit, though. Their rendition really made me enjoy that song. I liked it, and Chris and I danced to it, and I, and I got more people up dancing, and we started it. Oh, look at you. Yep. Being trendsetter. Trendsetter. You're going to be single out by HR for being a uh, <laughs> disruptive source. Yeah, I might have had my hand on her ass, you know. Ah-ha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Um, you know, in, in front of the mayor of Chatham too. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Mayor Goodtime was there. I mean, yeah, he was there. You know, he always he's there. Apparently, he's been there in the past. Yeah. Whatever. Do. He was at the uh, the polar bear plunge too. You know, he has to. He has was to, he wet when he? Uh, uh, not that I could see. Oh, no. okay. yeah, I thought maybe like right from the plunge to the to the party. <laughs> I don't think so. No, uh, no. I think he he at least toweled off. Oh, and put on a suit. All right. Wow. Fancy. Or he jumped we, in with the suit. Um, it, because it was a 90s theme party, yeah. uh, we, we tried to dress in, in you know, last minute, mm-hmm. but still hit the thrift shops, went grunge. Grungy. Pulled it out. Problem yeah. is, grunge is like, just kind of my almost go-to look. <laughs> so I, all, it, all it did was get me a new outfit. <laughs> like, oh. like, seriously, I'm going to end up wearing, I know I'm, wear, I'm wearing the same jeans tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, so, but here's the thing: your flannel. You're supposed to tie your flannels around your waist. I I, I didn't go that route. Yeah, just because still self conscious about. You wear your dinosaur junior T-shirt <laughs> and your uh, you wear your flannel. Where do you have docks? I we found these nice leather ones. They're not docks, but they fit the the motif. We found them at the. Uh, do you know there's a new thrift shop down on Queen right at, right by right at Crazy Corners? Uh no. Yeah, I I can't remember what it's called now. Left behind maybe. Um, but it's oh. right at Crazy Corner. Okay. Really? Yeah. Oh. Nice place. Some good selection in there, depending on what you're looking for. But we found these shoes, and I expected, like, where I'm going to end up paying, like, $30 for these things I only want to wear once. Yep. And five bucks. Five really? bucks. Five bucks. Five. And I don't, I'm not going to wear them on the regular because they're one size too big. But I at least have something for that look. Yep. You know? Stuff the toes with Kleenex or something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Good old fashioned, making it work. That's how we did it with the hand me downs. Uh, we liked it, damn it. I didn't, you know, I didn't have uh, any male or older siblings, but I got cousin hand me downs. There you go. So that works. Making uh, it now, work. Now, the, the only problem was I, I, I was a chunky kid, and most of my cousins weren't. God so a lot of those cousin hand me downs didn't quite work. Shit. Sew them together. <laughs> Split them Mom up the back. I did that once. There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved. Uh, hey, what? Um, what'd you guys do last night? Went over to Brent's place. Yeah, uh, I watched sumo on, yeah. on Twitch. Uh, the last day of the uh, the seasonal basho going on over. <laughs> yeah, there. and it inspired a new tune. It did. It did <laughs> no? Um, <laughs> we made uh, vampire dark ages characters. Yes. And mine, like I said, I, I managed to get through mine fast because I had already. You have yeah. past experience. Right. And I already made it That's before. True. Yeah, you you and I have been kind of in the know on this for a while. Right, so. right. Because I already have my tune made. Yep. May, might need a little tweak here and there. but Yeah, I tweaked mine at the uh, the, the 11th hour. Yeah. Um, if you look in the Dropbox, you had a half-done character. You saved it on the actual template, the blank template. <laughs> I did. Really? I saved the half character to the side just in case you needed it. No, and cleared the template, but yeah. yeah, I caught it before any anything bad happened. Nope. So, <laughs> Oops. I just want. I, I didn't know if you were going to need that or anything. Nah, so. nah, nah. Okay. But uh, yeah, I made up mine. Um, Brent goes. Yeah, you can have uh, up to fourteen points in flaws as long as you take seven points of merit. Yes, that's an old house rule that uh, we've carried over from. Right, eons ago. Right, but it only really, like, realistically, only gives you seven freebie points. Yes. So, I ended up taking three total flaws, 
to give me my seven f- freebie points. I took a five point flaw. I, I got and, a few. I, I yeah. should have brought my laptop. I'd pull them up. But uh, yeah, the one I the one I took was nameless. Oh, see, I've got uh, yeah, all I've, traces of my existence have been wiped out of everybody's uh, history. Uh, I have amnesia. Yep. Um, I have demon hunted. Yep. Demon hunted. That means a yep. little nymph is going to be fucking with me. Nymphing at your heels. I'm going to have a mixes t- my own Mister Mixes Pit. Like you know. yep. You're what? You're, huh? <laughs> yeah. That guy. Him? Huh? <laughs> yeah, him. Yep. Um, I I took the full fourteen. Right. I and I developed the character's backstory around all of yeah. it. So. No, I uh I. When I finished making it my tune, he goes, "You going to take any merits of flaws?" Brent asked me. Like, mm, I don't know if I want to because I, I, I was pretty satisfied with how I had was, how I had everything filled out with just like my stand the standard amount of freebie points and mm-hmm. everything like like that. And I was like, I don't know. And then he goes, "Well, you can like, you can get that other dot in a like a discipline or something." All right, fine. So I take the seven points and I look at it and said it would have taken all seven of my freebie points to get that one dot in the discipline. Yes. "Mm." As tempting as that is, I ended up nuking. I had a one dot discipline. I nuked that. And I five dotted my main uh, discipline. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm, I'm happy with how... It turned out, Carney. On the other hand, oh lord, oh boy, uh, what did he end up? Is he going Malkavia? He's going Malkavia. He does not realize the extremely slippery slope a no. Malkavian is, particularly in Dark Ages. Oh, but wait, there's more. Uh oh, oh no. So, Carney embraced the. 14 points of uh all right of flaws i'm not surprised no okay. no no carter did as well sure uh <laughs> it's just fucking carney loads up domain the background domain which gives him like an area that is oh, under right. his okay okay yep five dots in domain Holy, it, doesn't that make him that's like a prince isn't it's it? a village he He's the prince of this village. It's not a prince. He's just, he's like, it's recognized that he controls this village. Oh, fuck. And he maxed out herd. So he's well fed. He has 60, 60 people. So this entire village, (laughs) yeah, this entire village is under his control. That's his herd. And he's going like I'm. I'm going to be untouchable, no. and I can. I'm like, I see him saying this, and I can hear the gears in Brent's head grinding away as he's going like, Is it going to be one game session or two game sessions until the Inquisition burns this entire village to the ground? Mm-hmm. Now, heard. Does not necessarily mean they know who he is no. or what he is. No. So it's not like, I think Carney thinks that that's his private army. Yeah. Uh, no. No. It's just a food source. Yes. 
Yeah. 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 So, like, sure, he's got easy hunting for his character, but that... Did, did Brent make that clear to him? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Car- like, Carney had the... had all the information right in front of them it just rather than letting it blow up because of a miscommunication might need to bring that up just to get that cleared i did okay i did all right and as i said i go well this could be a great deal of trouble for everybody oh it'll be fine i was like okay yeah (laughs) carter on the other hand he he did a bunch of things he's playing a gangrel Okay, and he goes, yeah, I'm not worried about if things go sideways. Carney's village. I'm. He's got like four dots in protein, so he can turn into a bat and just fuck off. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my character uh, has a two index, yeah. and zero anything combat related. Uh, yeah, mine's got at best. Two dots in decks and a dot each in like brawl and dodge. I don't even have that. I have nothing. Yeah. When it comes to fight or flight, I am flight one hundred percent. Your Tory I disappear. So, yeah. I, I got obfuscate. I I've, I'm gone. Yeah. And I've I'm plotting to my where my character has like an escape plan. Yeah. If things go south in town, he he's got he's got a plan already on where oh, where yeah. how to get out and go. Yeah. But Brett and I have already like I the full backstory and everything, and it's I, it gave him room to play with. Yep. So because I got the demon hunt and everything, all yeah. plays out of the backstory. Well, then yeah. I said my my concept was intellectual, so my it it, it plays into my um, my clan. I want true Bruja. So it it the nameless plays into they. They took me in and they made me anonymous. And my it's job, the, which sounds sounds assassin, right? That's what that sounds like. But it's it's not assassin per se. It's spy. It's spy. It's researcher. It's one of those things. Like, do you remember that guy? And there was like, what guy? That kind of thing. Uh-huh. So um, it's it's the when I thought of it, I thought of the old adage: the where's the best place to hide a book? A library. So my my guy is just another book in the library kind of thing. So he can go in and out of these places and he's like utterly forgettable. Not obfuscate at all. At all. Right. I've got one discipline. That's it. But it's maxed out. So Yeah. I it's going to take a lot of playing on my part to make this work. The White Wolf system lends harder towards right. role play. Right. So, well, that, that's what he said when he was filling out the the details of his character. He goes, "I'm going to be uh, Dragonborn Goliath." And we're like, "What?" Well, it says race. It's like wrong one, <laughs> <laughs> wrong game. Completely. Can't do that. So. Yeah, it, it, I'm happy with how things worked out. I'm I'm looking forward to it just because that is an old classic. Yep. It's been a long time since I've been in the White Wolf waters. Well, that and... was like when I posted that picture to Twitter. And I said, "Make mine White Wolf," and I showed my dice, the my original dice, 
I still have mine. Yep, from like most of them. I think I might have lost one. Like nineteen ninety three or something. One vampire came out. I all I know is my first ever session of Vampire the Masquerade, and I know I've talked about this on here, um, was at um, Dave Dave Peach got me an invite to the table at Sean Magoon's apartment on Merritt. When he lived in the apartment building next to the Union Union Hall. Hall. I think that's where I met everybody when Jeff Black brought me along one time to play Magic the Gathering. See, I only ever went to that apartment once, maybe twice. Because we shifted to playing at Mama Barnes's basement. Yes. After that. Um, but that was my first ever White Wolf session. Not I, My D&D experience to that point and I had a couple years off, was OG D&D, Redbox. Yeah. A smidgen of AD&D, but we really didn't get too far into that. Yeah. And Palladium. Strange, uh, Teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness, and that led to a little in Heroes Unlimited. Okay. Vampire the Masquerade came out in 1991. 91. 91. Now, that was original edition. That's... We were playing revised edition. I started playing original edition with oh, Bellamy. Really? Oh, okay. See, that's I, I only so, knew revised. Yeah, no, I play. I started playing. Well, it was like way back in the day um, when I started because I, like I said, I, I played at when Bellamy lived in Blenheim. That's where we we started playing uh, the original edition of Vampire, and. That's when he was married with to Bonnie. That's how long ago that was. Oh yeah, I I didn't even know yeah. Bellamy at that point. Um, I had been playing that game with Rob uh, for years, for years, even even before I met Mags. So, yeah, I remember dragging her out to one of those game days. And she's like, eh, this ain't for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well. I managed to get Crystal to come sit at a table once. And yeah. Barbarina Combat Tour. Well, I said, keep one of these days. You never know. You never she, know. She gets a whim. She might She might right. run with it once in a while. You know. Right. But, yeah, that. Yeah, I've been playing that game. Well, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. When I was 12, 13 years old. I discovered it, and I want to say it was grade six, seven. Yeah. Probably seven, grade seven. Yeah. Like, well, I found out about it because I said my mom ran the shoe store in the mall, and there was the toy store right across, right across from the shoe store. And, like, we would go to the arcade, hang out there, and I said, uh, I'd go in the toy store and I'd look at G.I. Joe action figures. Mm-hmm. And then they had this big display, almost like a, like a magazine rack full of uh, adventure modules. I was like, what's this? Okay, yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Yes. And then the very first adventure that I got, I think I showed you guys, the one I bought off of eBay was the Invisible Ink module. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the my first foray into... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which branched out into all these other things. Okay. So, no, I just, I think it was Donovan Rots, uh, 
got the red box somewhere, yeah. like out of the blue. And I remember the the myth of Dungeons and Dragons, the the urban legend. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know this it's satanic and all that stuff. Oh, the satanic panic. Yes, <laughs> that, there was a little bit of that, right? Yeah. Um. So you know, Donnie has this box, and I'm like, I don't know if I should, you know. I got to talk to my parents. And I seriously went and had that conversation with my parents. Like, you know, 12-year-old me, get, if even that. Get old. out of the house. Um, and I and yeah. I went, and I'm like, just so you know, we're, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. So it, it's not, there's no demons and demon summoning involved. It's just a game with pen and paper, you know. And, and they're like, what? <laughs> what, what, are, what are you well, talking what? about? Get out of here. Trying to bang your mom. I think it was at that moment my parents realized I truly was a nerd. Mm. Like, I think my dad, that was probably the moment my dad knew he had completely lost me. Yep. Yeah. He hung his head in shame. I can't remember if that was before or after he beamed me in the eye with a baseball play oh. catch. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. He said, keep the eye on the, keep my eye on the ball, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, uh, it, it was well. I cemented it early that I was not very athletically inclined. No, no, yeah, don't say. So, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Again, I just don't remember if the baseball no. hit came first or if the D and D conversation did. I bet you the baseball did. <laughs> and then the the D and D news was the yeah, final the, yeah, nail on the coffin. Like, yeah, that, that that put the nail on the coffin right there, and your dad was like, "Well, fuck." Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, Try again, but yeah, we started with the red box. Yep, um, you know that fool around that for a few months, and then I think we were riding around and we went to Olson's Comics. That's everybody's gateway drug. Olson, oh. we 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 made our first steps into Olson's Comics. Yep, and that's where we found the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We said, <sighs> "There's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game." So we, I think we all chipped in together to buy that. Yeah, that was the Palladium unit, Palladium game system. Yep. Uh, Eastman and Laird signed off on it, and they used like actual TMNT yep. art in that book. Yeah, and if the the books that I have over there, the the Eden system for yep. the Buffy verse and yep. the and the, and the uh, Angel one, I got the last book coming to finish off the complete collection oh yeah army of darkness <gasps> it's it's coming oh so now someday somehow somewhere maybe someday the inspirational strike in winter can come back and play <laughs> some more well with bruce campbell's ash yeah, <laughs> yeah. that would go over well <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I was thinking about is because I started to read the core Buffy book again. Yeah. Just a whim. I was like, I got enough things on the go as it is. I don't need to throw Buffy. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not yeah. campaigning in any way. Just, you know, you know how much fun no, I have with that. Yeah. And I was going like, okay, how do I decide this? Okay. Who gets to be the slayer? <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Everybody at the table that wants to play, they roll a D20. Low man is now the slayer. See that, that that's one thing I just realized the whole being the slayer thing. That's a disadvantage. That's the only RPG that encourages main character syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> really, it is. Yeah. So, you but you're get, right. It is the negative because you're the target. You're the target. You are the target. Yep. So you, you want to hope that the backup characters, the side characters, the white are hats. strong. Yeah. Yes. The white hats. Like, yeah. it's going to be. If I do this, it's going to be one hero. That hero is going to be the Slayer. Everybody else is white hats. Mm-hmm. And good luck. Yeah, yeah. it's a tough system. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck, that that system is tough. Yeah, it does not joke around. Hell no. And the, 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 the couple times that we did play it, I said, I, I want to pat myself on the back because there was a couple times where I actually made you guys scared. And it... And it replayed on how you played your characters mm-hmm. the, the in that, that big hotel with the lights that were like, uh, I think it was Rob and somebody else come up out of an elevator and they, they come out onto the landing and they look either way and it's a long ass hall each direction. And all of a sudden the lights at both ends and they started to turn off as it got closer to them. And Rob, Rob being Rob, he's like, oh, I don't whoever was with him was legitimately scared. Yeah. That wasn't me. No. That was not me. It might have been Taz. Because the way I played Winter. <laughs> no, no, no. No. It yeah. Was, yeah. That was definitely wasn't me. <laughs> no. It was, it was not, it was not the Slayer. I think this was one of the things that uh, Rob branched off to, like, there was a side quest or something. And Rob goes, well, I'm going to go do that one instead. And he split the party. And he was going to go take off by himself. And somebody goes, I better go with him because just because. I think it was Taz. Yeah, that sounds Taz probably would have more done that. Yeah. So. Knowing how how everybody was playing their characters. Yeah. Tom didn't. Tom's character didn't like to go far from me. No, Tom. Tom was your your. Joseph Willow. didn't have a choice. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you definitely. Winter definitely took Tom's character under her wing. <laughs> We're best buddies now, right? <laughs> like, oh, I guess that's okay. But uh, so, <laughs> oh yes, and crippling the quarterback, <laughs> the star player. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> On my first day, first day at Sunnyvale <laughs> High School. Yep, he deserved it. I just, I, I, I just, I just played the characters as I thought they should be played. That dude, that game was awesome. It was a lot of fun. You and you, you put the the extra effort for ambiance. You had the theme song and everything. Yes. Like you when, play, it, it it says in the book to try and treat each session as an episode, yes. and you did. And bravo, sir! One of the best RPG experiences I've ever had. But. I've done that in all the games that I've ran. That's true. That's true. I, like you said, I want to take, if I'm going to run a game, I want to take it that extra mile to make it immersive and enjoyable and something that doesn't happen all the time at the table. Like, when that, when you were fighting that gibbering mother Mm -hmm. and I was playing that crowd noise i looped that crowd noise that it kept because that's the noise that that creature would make mm-hmm. and there was enough people at the table like this is super disorienting and i went that's what i'm going for yeah so yeah. it works or just to have like 
You, you know you're getting into a fight when the theme music hits. Yeah. You know, battle, battle music. <laughs> battle music. Yeah. Like Final Fantasy VII's right, battle music. Right. You're like you're like, oh shit. Well, you look at again where everybody steals. I they're like their ideas from Mercer and Critical Role. He's not the first DM to do that, and he's not going to be the last guy to do that. But this is the dude he's with the, the most biggest public. platform. Yeah, he's the biggest platform DJ, uh, DJ, DM um, to do stuff like that. So you're getting a lot of things that people cribbing from that to make their gaming experience more interesting. Hmm. Sounds an awful lot like the OGL, the original OGL with Dungeons and Dragons. You know, take take our stuff and build off. Yes. Does sound an awful lot like that. Certainly does. I don't think Matt Mercer is going to be a dick about it, though. (laughs) Well, Travis, let's put it that way. Yeah, okay. I don't think Travis will be a dick about it. Unless you start doing exactly critical role things, they're not going to come after you for playing your own like background music and shit. No, but they can go after critical role for those characters. Right. Not that's. Oh no, I'm not yeah. going. I'm not. I'm not even getting into that side of it yet. Uh, I'm yeah. saying putting critical role in the in the wizard's seat in this exchange. Gotcha. You know, Critical Role it doesn't mind people doing some of the same things no, that no, they no. do. No, because Critical Role, they got it from somebody else. Right. So. Right. That's what I mean. I, I, you're, you're not going to have Matt Mercer coming <laughs> after you. No. <laughs> retroactively. No. So. Well, good luck. Because Critical Role, even like, if you go to Twitch and you look at those actual play, like a lot of people that do actual play Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would think more than half got their inspiration from Critical Role. Definitely. And you think, like. How many times have we talked about just recording a session? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The, we're not. Everybody does it. Anybody that, anybody that, well, you look at Kirk Crab on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He is fucking show is rife with guys like i'm the next matt mercer uh-huh. doing the next there's been a few of those yep. and they're going like how about you do your own shit bro i, I didn't realize kirk crab was one of the first yeah yeah he's he's one of the first D storytellers on, yeah. on youtube i didn't know that well he's even how long he's been out there for a long time yeah so yeah like you like he gets his stuff from like uh reddit, reddit and yeah, stuff like that. so you can go on to reddit and you can read all these horror stories that everybody has. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Matt Mercer did not write the blueprint for this. No. This is one of those things. Especially since uh, there's some of the stories predate Critical Role. Oh, absolutely. But they have similar things like this right. guy. I'm going to. There was one in particular. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to be a huge star with this show. This Nobody's ever thought of doing a show like this. Yeah, story to his. <laughs> he story never. About that. He, he didn't even get it off the ground. I don't even think yeah. it made it past the first session. Nah, no. <laughs> like I said, you if you want to do something like that, you got there's such an investment that has to be put into it to make it work, and like ninety nine percent of the people just can't do it. Yeah, like you when when Critical Role started, like they were using fucking potatoes. For their fucking cameras. Yep. And it took Geek and Sundry to say, hey, let's let come and use our stuff 
to make your stuff they, look they better. They got a, a small studio space, right? And right. Yeah, that's when that's when the YouTube channel started. Right, and then Twitch happened, and they they jumped on board with Twitch, and they made fucking millions of dollars off of subscriptions and donations. Yep, and it still fucking baffles me that people. When they when they heard that Critical Role was making ten million dollars a year off of that, they got upset. With Critical Role actually daring to make money off of yeah, I was like, what do you think was happening with all like to watch that, like and to comment on it? You have to have a you have to subscribe to their Twitch channel, yep. which is Canadian. We'll call it ten bucks a month. Yeah, and they have millions of people do that mm-hmm. yeah so where, where'd you think the money was coming from where yeah. did you think the money was going yeah twitch has if you can find your niche on twitch yeah. you can you can really do well mm-hmm. it's just being able to break through the crowd and get yourself seen, right you know there was like speaking of um I remember there was a DJ that I follow on Twitch. She's a Montreal DJ. And I was coming from work and I turned on Twitch and she was there. And she got up to, I have never seen this as high before. There's a thing called a hype train. Have you ever heard of it? No. Basically. Okay. What it is, is you can donate subscriptions you can subscribe and you can throw bits like you purchase bits they're like points like virtual points okay after uh, um an undescribed number of things that get donated you get a hype train basically it's it kind of pushes you to the top of the uh the the like list or the like the follow list or something okay. like that the trending trending i have never seen a hype train get up to level 22 before really and she almost got to level 25 holy shit from people this is people watching her show donating subscriptions and bits and subscribing oh. wow. like i watched one dude donate uh, 25 subscriptions at $10 a pop. Wow. Three or four different times. It's crazy. It's crazy the yeah. amount of money people are throwing around. I yep. just, I don't get it. I don't have that kind of money to throw around, but I Some hear about do. it all the time. It's, yep. you know, it's crazy, but, and it, yeah. getting thrown our way. <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah. Like you said, it, how, how she was, she's a professional DJ that is kind of ha- like a, a real world following but i don't think all those people are following her onto twitch probably not but there were probably a few there's a few that it. know who she is but she is so good at what she does you're like oh there's somebody that has a great deal of skill at this particular skill and then people go like you should listen to this girl do her thing and watching her her online viewers like just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and grows like um uh was it critical role their thursday night live air quote live shows 
it's almost two or 250 250,000 people watching them live hmm. live wow and it was up there it's, up there. It was yeah. quite it's that high. a lot damn and all those people you have to pay a subscription yeah. to get in yep and it's just like it's nuts it's, it's there's no there's no surprise no. why it's as successful as it is right and with that success they spawned another successful thing. Yes, they did. <sighs> season the two, Box Machina, on the Amazon Prime. Season two. Season two. The first three episodes. Yep. Now we are now into the story where I don't know what happens. Yep. I I I stopped at the after the Briarwood arc in the show on, like on YouTube. Yep. I haven't gone further yet. I know nothing about the Chroma Conclave other than the legend. Yeah. So, holy fuck. All this, all this, like, I got into this party late. I got into Critical Role in season two of the podcast. So, when... That's when you were mentioning it, and I think uh, Carter was hyping it. Yeah. And I, I started and I with the Craig Hammer, yeah. and I, I drifted off of it. Right. So, I got into um, listening to the original broadcasts again for season one and I got up to the Tiberius debacle and I was like, I kind of fell off. Yeah. It, that, that really does sour things for a bit. That's what it did to me at least. So when season one of the legends of Vox Machina came out, I was like, this is fresh for me. Really. It was like fresh. I got like, I was really enjoying it. I seeing it, for the first time, and I was like, "Oh, this is badass!" I've watched that first season, I think, four times. I'm rewatching it right now, so I can. I'm going to rewatch it, and then I've already watched the first three episodes of season two, mm-hmm. which made me want to go back to watch season one and then continue that storyline. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so good, so good. The Chroma Conclave is a terrifying idea. The the destruction of Amon, like oh my god, was that just it was visually horrifying? Utter utter destruction. There was not a single thing left over. Those dragons leveled Amon. Quite possibly the, for lack of a better term, most believable dragon destruction I've ever seen. Right, whether animated or live action. Yeah. Just when when I think of what a the power of a, a, an ancient dragon, you know, being a, the fantasy nerd that I have been my um, pretty much entire life. Yeah. When was it Cinder King? When he blasted the Thordak. high top, Thordak. When he blasted the the cloud top. So yeah. when he blasted that apart, fuck. Well, there was like, um. Okay, we're in spoiler territory now. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Yes, spoilers. But we're going to talk about it because that's what we do. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it was when the white dragon was flying through Iman. Mm-hmm. And you got to see the effects of the white dragon cold breath mm-hmm. where the people were running for their lives and they got hit with the ice and they stopped moving and you still got a splash of blood inside the ice. And I'm just like, I've never seen that before. And that's horrifying. Yeah. The whole the whole thing, the the... Oh, was it the green dragon poison mist? 
or the, yeah, the acid, acid, acid yeah. yes. And we're just like, this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. Yeah. And the only thing you can do is run. And Uriel. Yeah. I thought it happened to Uriel. Yeah. You're like, the only thing you can do is run. And you're not running fast enough. No. You yeah. have to use magic. To That's get away. what also has me excited for uh, the D and D movie uh, because we saw the some of the dragon stuff in there, and you saw like a black dragon swoop by, and it was dropping like acid. Like acid. Yeah, like it. We're we're seeing that more now. I am not going to be able to support that movie. I'm not letting it stop. That I can't. I can't do it. I can't support that. I get it. I get it. Like Wizards of the Coasts. That that movie will directly support Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. And Wizards of the Coast has made it abundantly clear. Me and you are just an impediment to them, them yeah. getting money. They just want our money. They just want our money. And I cannot, I cannot support anybody that thinks of me that I'm, I'm an obstacle. I just want the movie. I'm weak. But, I'm weak in, in that regards. In that regard. Dude. Yar. I'm not saying that's not going to be an option, but it's. I don't know if I want to wait that long. How I, long? I, how long? A month or two. Oh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. It's it might, not. It might change. It's not changing. And, and it's not changing. It's every time they come out with, when, with Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro tries to put out a new air quote draft of the OGL, it gets worse and worse. Yeah, because they keep using shady language right. to try and cover their tracks. Right. And it's this is like the the one of the largest examples of corporate greed mm-hmm. out there. And I'm just like, I can't. And the, I don't want okay. What makes it worse is the fact that there have been confirmed, corroborated internal whistleblowers confirming the bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, if you're not familiar with the story, there are better people out there to explain it. Just look up the Wizards of the Coast OGL debacle yeah. and you'll, you'll find the details. Yeah. So they, they desperately, Wizards of the Coast desperately wants, well, there's factions inside Wizards. They desperately want to turn Dungeons and Dragons into a video game experience. Yes. With their, I just got that part of the story yeah, earlier today. With their own virtual tabletop. Mm-hmm. That is driven by AI DMs. Yeah, bullshit. And I'm just like, uh, okay, just make a video game then. Yeah, just make a D and D MMO. Yeah, and walk away, and that's because that's what the that Chris Cow Cow. Yeah, that's what his thing is. Yep. Just go do that. Yeah. Do that. Le- leave our stuff alone. Nope. Our stuff is not making them enough money, so they're going to kill. Yeah. Kill the the tabletop version of the game. For microtransaction heavy virtual tabletop yeah. RPGs. And if you make anything that's related to Dungeons and Dragons, anything, you now owe Dungeons and Dragons money. Yeah. And they're coming for their money. They, they keep, and now with the set, with the latest draft, they're trying to re- word around that, but there's still language in there yeah. that make, that leaves that window open. Yep. As long as they keep putting shady language that lets them open things up again or change, still change things. And the community is now on to them for doing this. So every time they release something, 
everybody goes over with a fine tooth comb. Fine tooth comb. Lawyers are involved in yep. this now because there's a lot of third party gaming companies out there make a lot of yeah. money off of this. Uh, Paizo, which makes the uh, Pathfinder, Pathfinder, which is the biggest one yep. uh, for for publishers, yep. and Cobalt Press and like four others, I think, yep. that have all banded together. They're making their own licensing Orc. thing. Orc. Orc. And uh, they're ready to go to court if they have to. Yep. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it'll come to that far. I think Wizards is going to have to break in some way. Like eventually, they'll find that happy medium where everybody can play play nice. The only way, the only way this happens, if they go back to the 1.0 version of the OGL, and that's the one they say, fine, fine. We're gonna go back to the original 900 word OGL, and it's irrevocable this is the thing yeah i don't think you're gonna don't think we're gonna get that no i think we're we're there i think they will find somewhere in the middle that but if nobody's I, gonna want that as long as long as they don't have the trickiness they're, you know, law, they're, they're lawyers they're I, lawyers and they they want money i i just don't see them completely giving up and just Forget it. It, it, it. This never happened. I just don't see that happening. No. Do you know what's going to happen? The company's going to die. The brand is going to die. And Ernie Gygax will be laughing over on his... Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> With but... his racist freaking RPG, sci-fi RPG. Okay. Here's the thing. You're going to crucify somebody for what they did... Decades ago, no. This is a game that he came that he was he recently like leaked out to published like recently. What? What's some sort of new a new RPG that um, when you're going through the race se- section, there is clear description of upper class and lower class, and they're clearly described as whites versus blacks. Okay. Where the whites are intellectual and the blacks are all physical brutes. Okay, that's like, been done to death in sci-fi. Uh, yeah, ball in an RPG in in 2022, I think, because I think I'm pretty sure it was last year that came out, maybe 21. Sure. That ain't gonna fly. That kind of language ain't gonna fly. Okay, but maybe it's part of the game mechanic where you try to overcome that. Just. Tanya, that came out and okay. it blew up in his face instantly. Sure. Yeah, but this is also like Dungeons and Dragons also made the the language from the who was it Hado Z was oh, super racist. The yeah, the images in the book right. were like copied and like reworked images of some past Jim Crow era ads or something. Something, something to that effect. And they're like, "Oops, sorry." And everybody got to skate off of that. Yeah, that did disappear pretty quick, didn't it? Didn't it? So when when somebody makes something like something so blatantly racist, maybe it's in the game to be overcome by the players. That is one way to look at it, and that's one way to play it. I just, that's not how it was received. No, because everybody is so reactionary. Mm-hmm. When I had this conversation with a friend of mine, she goes, well, fuck Donald Trump. And like I said, all he's doing is like, he was like grabbing by the pussy, then all this like this. Why is he in jail? I go, because he didn't mean it literally. 
he meant it figuratively. She goes, what do you mean? Okay, when somebody is writing anything and they want to grab somebody by the heart, do you think they're actually grabbing somebody by the heart? No. They're metaphorically grabbing somebody by the heart. So when somebody says, I'm going to grab them by the pussy, he might not be, he might or might not be speaking metaphorically. Right. Do you get what I'm, mm-hmm. right. So you have to think critically when you hear these things. Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, that whatever condition he has. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a shared, shared kind of condition, particularly on the internet. Yeah. People yeah. don't get that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tom and Kim. Kim recently had applied to a job somewhere, mm-hmm. and um, she didn't get it. She lost to one other person. It was close or whatever. When she talked to the person, they said they did also gave her a note that said, your email is kind of inappropriate. You might want to change it. And this is an email address that she's had for 20-plus years. Okay. Her dad's name was Dick. Okay. Her email email is Dick's Kid nineteen forty two or Dick's Kid number. Yeah, Dick's Kid. Okay, I get it. Yeah, when you're dealing with corporate animals, though. HR is not going to let that fly. They're the, they want to read it in the in the the wrong con- context. Do I know Kim's dad's name was Dick? I don't. I don't. I find it, it silly. How is it silly? When the corporations dictate these things, this is where the wokeness comes from. Yeah, yeah. this I isn't this isn't HR. Uh, this stuff I, tires me. <laughs> it tires me. Okay, I guess we're not going to talk about. No, that. no, that's no. Fine. That's no. no. I, I, I'm not saying to stop talking. I mean, that's what the, all of this, and all of this that we, uh, right, it, we're dancing around it all the time. It's thrown in our faces, and I struggle with how to deal with it. And that's what I mean. It tires me because we have to worry about and deal with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's because we let it happen that we have to make it happen. But how do like, we stop it? How do you? It's too late. Exactly. It's fucking too late. <laughs> it's too late. Like, you, there's no stopping any of this now. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we've. The, when, 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 should, when should it have stopped? <sighs> Decades ago. Yeah. Decades ago. Probably. But everybody's going, well, you got to worry about the equality. Okay. Who's got different laws? Really? Realistically? We all operate under the same laws, unless you're a fucking government official and the fucking don't apply to you. Yeah. There is that. But when everybody's going like, well... We we have to work under these equality, the, the examples of equality and stuff like this. That is on an individual basis. Yeah. No, there's always going to be differences, yeah. uh, you know, addendums to everything. Yeah. Because that what applies to one does not apply to everyone. Not always. But we all, we all operate under the same laws. Right. Right. 
I th- yeah, see, this is the wording. I know I'm I know I'm not getting the wording right. That's not what I'm meaning, and I don't. I've totally lost track of what I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's that's my point. Like everybody goes, well, this is unfair, on a person to person basis. Yes. Somebody in that group is either sexist or racist or bigoted or whatever what, against somebody. Um, there's nothing you can do about it. That person's going to do that. Especially do considering when they when they get to be even our age, yeah. Not you know learn to call it learned behavior it is is apt, but you know we we've lived this way forever, yeah. you know, and so you you want me to change things that have been a part of me for my entire life, right? Right. You know that that's that's the problem I have, and that you can't expect me to immediately. Like it's not, and it's not a matter of acceptance either. Okay, it's a matter of it's just a matter of learning, training. Yeah, you know, I you know I don't have a problem with whatever it is you want to be called now or changed to, but don't get mad at me if I struggle with it because you're asking me to change something that I've known my entire life. Exactly. <laughs> and like I said, when I first meet somebody, like they said, I don't unless you. Wear a tag and says my pronouns are this and this. How the fuck am I supposed to know right out of the right off the fucking hop what to call you? Exactly. That I've I've seen so many videos of people blowing up because they got called by the wrong thing. Yeah. How do I know? Right. You know, how how you're not wearing, just like you said, you're not wearing a name tag, you're not wearing a sign. Unless you deliberately and <laughs> This is a stereotype in in, in pop culture. Yeah. Uh, unless you're one of those, uh, I'm hi, I'm those so and so, and I identify as blah blah. blah. Unless you're one of those people, which I find that pretentious as fuck and rare. Those those people don't exist too much. That, that again, that's a pop culture. That's the, right. the stereotype that's yeah. overblown. Yeah. Right. I've never experienced it. Nope. Although I've I, outside of, I think I heard something like that once in public. In Waterloo, but it was a very crowded place, and I, I might have just heard something off of like a TV screen that was in the lobby. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've never experienced a pronoun, pronoun thing. No, and there, who is it? I fucking, there was a comedian. Oh, I cannot remember who it was. And he goes, "How pretentious do you have to be?" To think that you get your own pronouns. And I was like, <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> I was like, he, he, he went out and said it. <laughs> just, I, I don't know who that would be. There's a couple of possibilities that could yeah. be fine. It almost sounds like a, a Chappelle thing. I don't know if it was Chappelle. Matt Walsh, maybe? Matt Walsh, Matt Walsh. I think I know who that is. Bill Burr, not, not Bill, Bill Doesn't Burr. Doesn't sound like a Bill Burr thing. But Bill Burr's been, he, he's, he's love, like laid waste to a bunch of things a couple times in that cat, in that thing. But regardless, regardless, it's, it's one of those things like we, we are old Gen Xers, everybody's dude, fucking Walk it off, champ. <laughs> Walk it off. 
Yeah. I, I worked with a guy when I when I when he first started. He was his his name was Christopher. And everybody's like, How's it going, Chris? My name is Christopher. Or like All right, whatever. Like whatever. He did, it, he did it angrily? Angrily. And then because he didn't like I know I I'm fucking spilling some tea here, but he cha- he legally changed his name to Topher because Christopher was too common. Okay. And people were still using Chris. And I'm just like, all right, well. How many people are going to say, oh, take it to Topher? And they're going to, who? Right. Right. So that was that was the thing. He he. I would struggle with that because that's definitely going to be the kind of thing. Unless I deal with you right. daily, I'm not going to remember. I that. deal with him daily, and I still call him Christopher. <laughs> How long have you been working with him? Oh, fuck. 25 so years. That's why. Yeah. That's why. Right. How long was he Christopher for? Oh, well, quite a while. But it, it, it's one more of the, of the time. He, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I know it irritates him. And because everybody else, everybody else calls him Topher. That's, he's gotten everybody else to call him Topher. Just not you. Just not me. <laughs> Maybe. Are you because, doing, do, are you just doing it to be a dick at this point? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Your last day. Call him Topher? Yes. <laughs> Your last day. My retirement gift to you. Farewell, Topher. I'll, I'll dress you as you wish to be addressed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe give him just that one wink. Well, that, you know. Yeah. Just... <laughs> See, that's the thing. Um, <laughs> you don't like him that much? I like him. I like working <laughs> with him. I do. I really enjoy working with him. Like, I never had, I'd never worked with him for the majority of my career, but when he came into my, the, the, the warehouse department, I started to work with him more often and I was like, I found, okay, I get along with this guy. I do. I honestly get along with this guy, but he wants me to call, he wants me to call him Topher. But I've known him as Christopher. And like I said, I was like, I don't know, man. I just, it's, I cannot break that, that neural link and reforge it a step over. <laughs> you, you reminded me of uh, one of the letter Kenny cold opens when they're just throwing the random lines at the camera. Oh, okay. Wayne, there was one, your, your, your buddy George wants to go by a geo now and you're wishing you weren't sharing a tent with him when he told you. <laughs> yeah. That's what you kind of sound like. <laughs> but here's my thing. I give everybody different nicknames at work. One of my, one of my shift supervisors, I have no idea what his real name is. <laughs> That's the best. But I call him Kip. Okay. Somebody looked at me and goes, why are you calling? I now know his name is Rob. Why are you calling Rob Kip? I said, well, he looks like Napoleon Dynamite's brother and he rides a bike to work. <laughs> he go, the guy stopped and looked at me. He goes, son of a bitch, you're right. 
<laughs> oh damn, that's great. <laughs> um, my coworker, like the one that's been with me now for yeah. a year, um, his name I call him Shane. That's how I was introduced to him. But in the system, his name is actually Doug. It's Douglas Shane Hall. Yeah. He prefers to go by Shane. System always shows Douglas Shane Hall. They changed it for him ages ago where it would say Shane, but, but they reverted it back at some point. <laughs> Our direct supervisor, also named Doug, always calls him Douglas. Always. Okay. Always. I've tried to correct him. Shane's tried to, he, he just rolls with it. So he goes by both names, depending on who's talking to him. <laughs> but when I'll, if I'm talking to somebody and I say, like, now Robert, who's the actual supervisor of shipping, yeah. he knows him as Shane. Yeah. He, in shipping, that he went by Shane. But anybody else, Shane, who's Shane? <laughs> talking like the, the, the ladies from finance. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, me and Shane were uh, going over those inventory accounts. Who's who? Shane? Yeah. Who? <laughs> Douglas. Oh, oh okay. Oh. Call him Doug. No. They're, they're catching on. They're finally catching yeah. on. It only took about six months. But No, I I get it. Like you said, their names Fuck. Everybody wants to call themselves something different. Like when I for wrestling. Yes. I there's times when I went by my real last name. And there was a bunch of times I went by a stage name. Mm -hmm. There's some people that I know, I have no fucking clue what their real names are. <laughs> Period. I I know that guy has that name. I threw that dude around. That's not his real name. I th I, you'll, you'll see some guy in passing. I threw that guy around in a ring uh, about 15 years ago. Yeah. That's his executioner number four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... Uh, <laughs> so when you were coming at me it's like my pronouns are this i don't fucking care nope because i ain't gonna keep track of it at the I'm, best I, time i'm not gonna remember in 30 seconds right right unless you're really making a fucking impact and getting through the fog that lives in this fucking skull right now you better be pretty fucking flamboyant or something to Make me remember that name. My brain is full of useless information. Yeah. You want to try and cram more relatively useless information? It, there ain't enough room. No, no. They said we've. I've. I've done my best. I made it fifty plus years into this life. I remember who I need to remember. And you better be goddamn important if you want me to remember <laughs> who else. If you want to be fucking added to the list. Well, there was like. Oh, fuck it. This is how arrogant. This probably sounds real fucking arrogant. Mags, Mags, Mags and I were out somewhere. Somebody calls up, hey, Mike, how's it going? Oh, great. Is this recent? It could be, it might have been yesterday, but okay. it's happened so often. Okay, okay. This is a recurring thing. This is a recurring okay. thing. Hey, right. Mike, how's it going? Great, great, great. Oh, how's this out? Yeah, you know, great. Like, oh, good to see you around. Mags goes, who's that? That's no fucking clue. Uh, yeah. No I've... fucking clue. She goes, how do you not know who that person is? I said, obviously, their meeting me was more important than me meeting them. I had that happen at Home so... Depot a few times with uh, one particular guy who would come in multiple times. Yeah. Hey, Jay, how you doing? Yeah, long time. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, can you help me find this? Blah, blah, blah. Great seeing you again. And off he went. No clue. 
No nope. clue. And I dealt and with them at least four times. That that's another part of the name tag thing. So, but he wasn't. He, no, he was. He wasn't calling me like he, this. Was like somebody who knew me from school. I have no idea who it was. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah, okay. School and fucking uh, the mass COVID days. Oh God. I'm. Yeah. Like there was an election. Me and Mags and somebody, one of the kids, we went and voted. Everybody's in a mask, and I'm just like. There's just a sea of people. And I walk by a group of people in the line. Oh, that's how it's going to be? I'm like, who the fuck? Like, yeah. well, you ain't going to say hi? And the guy turned on. I was like, who the fuck are you? I. He, he pulls his mask out. Went, oh, Kevin. The guy I used to work with got fired years ago. I forgot <laughs> all about him. And he's like. And now you can't recognize him for this much. No, because he had a hat on, and like his mask comes on. So I'm not that good at recognizing people's eyes. Yeah. I. How how dare you? How dare I? God damn it! I'm I'm a fucking yep horrible ableist ableist or fucking what a bigot or I don't know what something one of I'm one of those ists one of those ists one of those ists. Question for you: What? How the hell did we get all the way over here from Vox Machina? I have no idea. <laughs> so season two of Vox Machina. That's quite the um, fucking journey, though. Chroma Conclave, the destruction of Amon with those amazing dragon images. How the fuck did we do that? I have no idea. Oh, I know. You know? I know. Okay. We got. We started talking about Chroma Conclave. Right. Then we started talking about Dungeons and Dragons OGL. Yes, that's right. And okay. then the politics were off to the fucking races. Right. Okay. So. Wizards of the Coast is at fault again. Yeah. All right, got yeah. it. So <laughs> fucking Wizards of the Coast and fucking Hasbro. God damn it. Yep. <laughs> Who, well, you know. <laughs> so Fox Machina. Yeah. <laughs> but I remembered. But I remember. How you remembered. I remember you're, how hey, that. you're a better man than I, Gunga Yeah, just because it was like. Ten minutes ago, so um, okay. Again, fresh, this is fresh material, so I don't know what they changed that have people upset for the OGL no, or Vox no, Machina. Vox Machina. <laughs> Dude, the purists are gonna go. It's not word for word, and I was like, I mean, so what? So massive spoiler: three, two, one. The ending of that third episode. Yeah, how did you feel? I liked. It. I've liked everything that I've seen. So no, far. But did it like? Did it shock you? Uh, clue me in. What am I? What am I being? Vex. Shocked? Vex? No. 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 Me? Either. No, because it, I get. I get. I'm, I'm, I'm invested like, in the story. The, like, I don't know what happened in in the podcast. Neither do I. So, to me. This is just part of the storyline moving forward. I don't know what happened, the details. I just know where that goes. Like, I know... Vax. I know what happens with Vax yeah. in regards to that stuff. So now... It's so he's going to have to sacrifice himself for Vex. Yeah. Okay. I Which, can see that coming a mile away, and I'm perfectly fine with yeah, it. Yeah, because that's exactly what Vax and Vex did yeah, for each other. That story, that moment when he... No, I need you. Like, it was the same thing in uh, season one when Pike left Grog, mm-hmm. and 
Croc goes, but what if I need you? They did it again, and it still had the same fucking emotional impact. Yep. And I'm just like, these fucking guys are brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. Grog's training session. Oh, my God. Poor Grog. <laughs> I watched that, and I was like. Is oh. it obvious? Is it that obvious what the Earthbreaker is expecting him to say? Exactly. It, 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 it's that it, obvious, it, right? Yeah. This is supposed to be a whole friendship is power thing? Right. Okay. Right. I'm just making sure that I'm on the right page yeah, there yeah. because was, it was screaming at me. Yeah. Oh, as soon as he, as soon as he started to say, where does your strength come from? Grog is like, I don't know. He's like, crap, how? Crap, how? So he like, tried to go rage and he blast him again. Oh, that was so awesome. Yeah. But the, 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 the Earthbreaker groon. What a great character introduction. Yeah. Um, I'm part of that, uh, the Vasselheim, uh, listening to the podcast from season one, the, the Vasselheim fight with Grog and the other guy. Yeah. It was just like, this is so badass. Yeah, that I'm, wasn't, that wasn't Groon though. No, either. it was not. That was the champion. Yeah. And champion of the pit or something yeah. like that. But, it Grog was, loses the first one. Right. And then comes back strong in the second fight. I was like, oh, I needed there's this an redemption. Asterisk, there's an asterisk on that one, though. Yeah. But, there might have been some doping. Yeah. So what? what was it? A hill drying strength or <laughs> a potion of Jones drying, a stone drying strength or something in his in his water bottle? But there was nothing. The Olympic Committee didn't catch it, right. so, so it doesn't matter. There, there was my understanding is you could not do anything to influence the fight as it was happening. Nope. What leads up to the fight, whatever. Sure. Go fucking crazy. Yep. But he hit it well. So Yeah. Yeah. No, it was that was Yeah. That was fantastic great. fight. It was great. Um the said so I just before you got here, I just watched the uh the season 1 episode where they were uh just after the fight with the Briarwoods where they get locked in house arrest. Um, at their keep, and those the uh, the undead things attack them. Yes, yes. And that's where Pike has her her moment of doubt and mm. stuff like that. Yeah, I was like, this still hits those um, unseen servants or whatever that they're manifest in that episode. Yeah. The moment when they get Keyleth. Yes. And you just you're watching Keyleth going like that whole possessed. Uh, God, that's one of the like terrifying images. Yep. Yeah. I like the, uh, was it when Keyleth finally finds her power? Yeah, power-up moments, man. Yep, Those power-up moments are just badass. She fires up that sunlight, or it was a globe of daylight, in, in the temple for that fight. And it's like, yes, yeah. now we got it going on. And then when, when Pike leaves, and she looks at Keyleth and she goes, you're their light now. I was like, oh. Jeez, this Pike, all this Pike stuff is just how they played that yeah. show to the real to the real show was beautiful with yeah. her doing the astral projection thing, and yeah. then the real show she was skyping in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm. I don't know. Okay, um, there's there, an example of like people say it's not true to the podcast and stuff like this there's something that popped up in the music world similar situation 
Pantera has gotten back together, even though Dimebag Daryl and Vinnie Paul are quite dead now. Zach Wild got Phil Ensemble and the original bass player back together, and they're touring as Pantera. Really? Really. Zach Wild is doing the guitar work, and people are bitching about it because he's playing exactly note for note the way Dime played on these songs. Yeah, there it's a Pantera concert. It's not Pantera featuring Zach Wild. It's right. Pantera. But people are bitching about it because, well, why isn't Zach playing like Zach playing Pantera? I was like, because he's playing in tribute yeah. to Dimebag. Yeah, people are missing the point. And there's only one fucking guitarist on the planet that can play exactly note for note like fucking Dimebag was. And that's Zach Wild. And he's playing note for note the way Dime played. And nobody's going like, well, okay, well, maybe that's cool. But why isn't he playing it like he's like himself? Because he fucking is tr- playing in tribute. Yeah. You're, they're just, they're missing that point entirely. Right. Like, duh. So that's it, the similarity between, similarity between. Vox Machina, how people are not, like, it's not note for note the way it was in the podcast. And Zach Wilde with the Pantera, I was like, oh, I guess you can't please everybody. Nope. So just make your own art. Exactly. And like, you're going to find people that like it or don't like it regardless. Yep. So. Well, when it comes to Vox Machina, I'm liking it. I'm liking it too. I, as I said, I know nothing about the, the, the Chroma Conclave storyline, I talked to Parker. I go, have you watched that yet? He goes, no, no, no. He's, he, him and his buddies were going to do a, a viewing party. So I saw him today. I go, did you watch it yet? I go, yeah. What would you think? He just gives me a thumbs up. So. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to spoil it. He no. doesn't want to spoil it. So, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I go, what do you think of the Chroma Conclave? He's like, yeah. So yeah, he is—he's happy with the way things are playing out. Fine, you're always going to find somebody who doesn't like the way things are done. Yep. Don't respond to those people. Exactly. Like, yes, yes, the squeaky wheel gets the grease always, always. What about the other fucking three wheels that are like, this is great. Exactly. Keep making more of that. Take my money. He's not going to give you his money. Right. Take my money. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, give me, um, okay, another show I started to watch today, um, The Last of Us. Mm, yes. I really, I, I. Do you ever play the games? I have not. I have. So I'm like on the barest periphery of knowing what's going on with this. Okay. And the way, the way that first episode played out, I'm just like. Is that is like wait a minute that like that the, they did a lot of the back and forth time jumping which got a little confused right the tiny and I, bit. I was just like but I don't know this mm-hmm. right so I'm going like okay wait a minute so the game he has to like it's like him and his daughter or like a, a non girl like well spoiler that girl died she's kind of in- integral to the story wait a minute twenty down twenty years down the road like oh wait a minute that kind of thing so that whole bit. In the truck, 
Yes. And they're escaping that whole first-person perspective from the center of the truck. That's straight out of the game. Oh, beautiful. Straight out of the game. Yeah. Like, that was so perfectly yeah. done. And they did it twice. Uh, it's, it's, I'm so invested in this off of one one episode right now. And I'm just like, oh, okay. I I know... I know the games. I know you played the games. Mm-hmm. Um, I never played the game. I'm not steeped in the story and stuff like this. But that story. All I can tell you I'm, is it's a very faithful adaption. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be changes. But what changes? For one, if it, if it's a big enough change, I didn't notice it. It's still all the, the, the most pertinent pieces of the puzzles are there. Yeah. It's the, still the same story. And I'm all in. It's it. They they're deli- they delivered in that first episode for yeah. sure. Oh, I'm I'm invested. I want to watch the way the rest of this just because I like I am emotionally invested in this just because it was so well created. We're we're getting another heavy dose of Pedro Pascal this year. Oh, okay, yeah, because I just watched the the trailer for uh, Mandalorian three, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so March first yeah. or something like that. I think so, yeah. And then so like, th- there might, I think they might have timed it so that when Last of Us is ending is when Mandalorian's starting, even though they're separate networks. <sighs> I think they Disney probably went. You're doing what when? Okay, so yeah, we'll bet we're gonna piggyback off that wave. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that makes sense because well. And then what was it? Um, I didn't watch it, but they, uh, I did see that they dropped the teaser trailer for season two of Invincible. Yes, I don't think they have a date on that. It's just later this year. Yeah. No, well, I saw the I saw the meme. It was uh, Omni Man and uh, Invincible fighting. It was like <laughs> it showed. Uh, was it? Invincible trailer, like season two, like this, and it shows Invincible throwing his punch, and it's the the one where Omni Man catches a punch, and it says later into uh, late twenty twenty three. I'm just like, damn it! <laughs> Why do I got to keep waiting? But so that's long? the first time we've had of it, though. Yes. So yeah. yes, yeah, I'm, I'm I want to see the rest of that just because that Invincible was just insane crazy absolutely insane um but it had a story that was still pulling you along yeah yeah so yeah. that's the key you can give lots of insanity but you've got to make sure you have a story to keep us right. keep like us is one of these things are again there wasn't i knew the periphery of the story but i didn't know i didn't even know it existed yeah. so I, I that's a completely cold show for me yeah so it was just one of those things is like okay i know uh, yeah, bits and pieces, but when they put it up there, it's just like, oh yeah, this is fun. Give me more of that, please. Wait, what do you mean? I got to wait so many years. So, <laughs> um, I'm seven episodes in now on 1883. Okay, I started that. Yeah, it's phenomenal, and we got the uh, the the obligatory Taylor Sheridan character. Yeah, yeah. He, he finally popped up. Remember me? I'm the guy that writes all this shit. Yeah, so. he popped oh, up. Yeah. Of course, he's playing a badass. What? You know, it's hard to believe. He's he's he kind of he's kind of typecasting himself. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's almost like saying Vince McMahon typecasts himself. It's his show. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's 
really playing well. I'm really digging it. Yep. And they've had some some really cool images and stuff too. Yeah. Hold that uh, thought. Hit so pause. Hit pause. Yeah. This one? Yep. This or this one. No. The one with the yeah. 